Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. If these guys don't come out of the gate with firecrackers in their jock, out of the gate, ready to kill, ready to win, then he's got to go. Welcome to the Homestand Leafs podcast powered by Sports Interaction Sportsbook and Casino, your homegrown sportsbook. Bet local. I'm your host, Albert Vartanian, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Justin Pooney. We'll tell you why Sheldon Keefe is ready to burn it to the ground. Wow. Well, on today's show, Sheldon Keefe calls the Leafs Peewee. Is he right for doing that? Has he ran out of patience? And is he trying to send a message to the front office? Ooh. Can somebody not name Matthews, Marner, Tavares, or Nylander score a goal for Toronto? I got some shocking stats about the lack of secondary scoring. And why do the Leafs have one of the worst home records in the National Hockey League? I'm Albert Vartanian. He's Justin Pooney. And this is Homestand Leafs. Justin Pooney. Back in the swing of things of the Toronto yes. Maple Leafs, they lose to the New York Islanders. Who scores the game winner? The guy who got the video tribute, oh, Pierre Engvall. Don't get me started start on there. Don't but... get me started on that. Don't get me started hey, on he that. Hey, did, he did win the Calder Cup with the Marlies. Just Does saying. that warrant a video Just tribute by the big club? People are getting mad about that it's... too, eh? Way out of hand these video tributes. I don't Way think people should get that upset. I get it. It is horrible. I, mean, I tweeted out, I'm like, I guess everyone gets a video tribute. I guess so. And he scores. Maybe it fired him up. I think it did fire him up. It fired up the New York That Islanders. was a peewee move by the Toronto Maple Leafs. Not oh, the only peewee move by the well Toronto done. Maple Leafs. Well done. A nice segue. Peewee. Peewee. Who said that recently? Oh, Sheldon Keefe <laughs> had some comments. And this is what he had to say about a defensive breakdown that happened while the Leafs were on the power play. This is the National Hockey League. Like, that's peewee stuff. It's nothing to do with the season or anything like that. You play on the power play in the National Hockey League. They should not get behind you coming out of the penalty box. The National Hockey League, Justin Pooney. He emphasized National yes. Hockey League. He didn't even say the NHL. But this is Sheldon Keefe once again mm-hmm. calling out his team, something that he's been doing a lot more of this season. Yep. How do you think – okay, maybe it's not, I was going to ask you how do you think those words may go down in the dressing room. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we haven't been in the dressing room, so we don't know. Mm-hmm. It's obviously going to hurt some of those players or at least, at least bother them. But do you agree with what Sheldon Keefe is saying? Absolutely. That's that is a peewee thing. They teach you in peewee hockey that when there's a guy in the box, the goalie taps the stick to let them know that hey, five, four, three, two, one, defenseman. Which Samsonov did. He did. But defense. It's a defenseman's job to turn his head around and back up a little bit and slowly creep back to watch for the trailer because you never know somebody could cough the puck up. And this is the NHL, Albert, the national hockey league where guys can make stretch passes and make very impressive stretch passes. So what happens? The puck, you know, finds its way to McLean, who's in alone on a breakaway and he scores. Leaving Samsonov out to dry, that was a defensive miscue and Sheldon Keefe has every right to be mad. That should not happen. It doesn't matter about talent. It doesn't matter about skill. It matters about all that took place. There was a lack of communication and a lack of understanding of the situation. And Sheldon Keefe was fully in his right to call his team out about that because it cost them the game pretty much, right? That was a de- that should never happen. That was a decisive goal. Um, 
when I look at that situation and I look at how it will be perceived in the locker room, guys should be embarrassed. They look at the power play unit. There's a whole lot of money on that power play unit. You have to be able to play smart hockey and understand situational hockey. And that was not the case. Yes, it happened once. The first time probably happened all season. I think I can't remember another incident like this. But in these moments, in these situations against a team that you're in a fight for for a playoff spot, this loss could come back and really, really bite you in the you-know-what because tiebreakers mean something. Points mean something now. Games in hand mean something now. So the Toronto Maple Leafs really need to tighten up and really need to sharpen their games in all aspects. You cannot be having those mental lapses if you want to make the playoffs. Yeah, there's a lot to break down. Maybe not a lot to break down on that break, that defensive mm. breakdown by the Toronto Maple Leafs. Lilligren is taking the majority of heat because he's the last man back. Yep. And they asked him about it yesterday, and he goes, listen, I just got caught watching the puck. He also mentioned that he thinks he's going through it right now. He's not feeling his game. But also, during that play, it was Austin Matthews who made a little bit of a soft play on the wall. He did. Coughed up the puck, yep. and then instead of just dumping it behind the net, and it would have been fine. Mm -hmm. That wasn't the case. Lilligren got puck watching, got caught puck watching. McLean goes in and completely undresses. Samson. Completely undresses Samson. Yeah, he did. That was a bad. That was a bad. Bad look for Samsonov, but a good goal by Kamlin. Mm -hmm. His first in the NHL. Also, Keith also did double shift the first power play unit, mm -hmm. so there were tired legs out there. So, I mean, I think he'll probably take some of the blame there. I'm, I'm not saying. I'm not that. saying that's why, but I can understand why Matthews maybe made such a lackadaisical play on the wall. He shouldn't have. But they've been out there for. I don't, the think power I don't play. think that's a valid. Excuse I'm not using that as yeah, an excuse. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to explain the entire situation. Yeah, I, I can see that. But these are guys that make a whole lot of money that in, that can play on the power play for two minutes if they really wanted to, right? Hundred percent. We've agree. seen that before. We've seen these guys going to power power play one unit, playing over a minute and thirty the whole time. So that's not an excuse. Matthews probably tried to get two Q when I was on the on the wall right by the blood. Probably tried to curl around yeah, and get play. into a, you know get a shot, but it didn't work out. It was he gave the soft puck away, and then what happens? The puck's in the back of their net. Again, this is two weeks in a row where we've seen poor, poor, poor play on the defensive side from the from the power play. Of course, you had that two on zero where Sam's have to make a crazy save, and you have another defensive lap uh, or offensive zone turnover. Excuse me, that turns into a goal. That cannot happen no. anymore, Albert. That is an absolute. Look, I don't want to say it, but the Let's first the first thing that came in my mind was, oh shit, this loss could come back and bite the Leafs in the ass. What did I say in the, the last the podcast? Watch out for the Islanders. Yes. They played structured hockey. They do. Now they played hard. Yes. And you can't use the all-star excuse. Barzell was by far mm -hmm. the best player on the ice. He was going 100 miles an hour, that guy. He was. And the, you can't have the excuse of like these guys played on Saturday. And to Mitch Marner's credit, he said, listen. He goes, it probably helped us that we played on Saturday yeah. to play on Monday to keep us fresh. So they're not using it as an excuse, but I hear that being tossed around, and it shouldn't be. Patrick Waugh is an emotional coach, and that's what the players have said, and they like that. They like that from him, and it's reflecting in the team. And mm -hmm. I think the Islanders are a team that the Leafs need to watch behind them because it's going to be wild card, I think, from here on out. At least that's that's what we think. Okay, Four points so the Islanders. Sorry? They're four points behind the Leafs Four right points, now. and Detroit's playing well yes. as well, and they still got to you know, catch up with Tampa. Okay, so we're filming this on a Wednesday. They mm -hmm. play the Stars tonight. It's Wednesday, 11 o'clock in the morning. So yesterday, Tuesday, mm -hmm. Sheldon Keefe talked to the media after practice, and he had some more comments about his team, and this is what he said. From from my perspective, we've got a good team here. We've got good players. As coaching staff, we need to do a better job uh, with them and work with them and help them to recognize our own role uh, in getting the team to, to play it to its potential. Um, and I think we've done that 
I would say about 50% of the games we've been we've been really good. Uh, that's not enough. That's that's not enough in the NHL. So listen, I don't exactly know what he means by that. If I'm trying to mm-hmm. strip that down, because he did mention the coaching staff need to be better in terms of helping the players, but right. he's also talking about the players needing to be better. So is that the coaching staff has only been good 50% of the time? The players, everybody. Like when you really strip it down, where is he going with, with those comments? I think it's a direct correlation. They correlate one with one another. The team has been. We've talked about it ever since we started this podcast. About how up and down the Toronto Maple Leafs have been all season. How and I think it's been a fair assessment. Look, they're what their current record is. They're twenty five, fifteen, and eight. Um, I would say about twenty four of those games they've played. Yeah, they've played well. Right. Um, I believe that this relates to the fact that a they just don't have enough talent. Right, they don't have enough high-level talent, enough depth uh, to be successful. And I think you're asking a lot of guys that just can't perform at a high level. Right? You have Matthews, you have Marner, who are doing what they normally do. They're putting up points. Morgan Riley's been playing well. William Nylander's got up to a great start and then kind of fell off. Right? But after that, John Tavares has had a below than ex- below than expectation season. Bertuzzi, Domi have been failures. The drop off is crazy. Right? The drop off is crazy. Right? And I believe that Sheldon Keefe is not stupid. You know, he's not a stupid guy. He's a smart coach. He realizes, he sees what's out there, right? And I, I don't know, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but maybe is he throwing a shot at the front office, right? Is he throwing a shot at the front office for not having enough help? You know, maybe he... You think when all those injuries happened that Sheldon Keefe was one of the guys pushing, pushing, pushing to the front office to make a move to bring in some more defensive help. For as great as Simon Benoit's been and Jake McCabe and, um, you know, ups and downs they've had and Lilgren and whomever, right? Um, you think he doesn't want another defenseman that can help, you know, sit, you know, stabilize his defense core? That TJ Brody has been an unmitigated disaster all season on the ice. Um, I think Sheldon Keefe now is in a situation where he realizes that, look, this, the hot seat is on me. I'm going to be the one that's going to get the boot, right? I'm going to lose my job at the end of this season one way or another unless somehow there's a miraculous run. But chances are I'm going to lose my job. So now I'm at the point now where... I'm at the effort point where screw. I'm gonna say what I want to say in front of the media, and if I throw my guys under the bus, then so what, right? What have they done to back me up, right? They don't play. My depth guys don't play hard, right? My captain doesn't do anything. The front office doesn't have hasn't helped me out all season long, right? Forget it now. If I'm gonna be the scapegoat, then I'm gonna bury everybody else underneath the sun too. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I think there's there's a piece of that where he's frustrated. Mm-hmm. I think he's definitely he's run out of patience. Yes. I think he understands he's at the end of his rope. He's probably gone at the end of the season, if not sooner. We've talked about that already. I don't blame this whole thing on Keefe. Mm-hmm. Um, so just trying to dissect those comments, I don't think he's – I don't think any coach would necessarily throw themselves under the bus and their coaching staff, so that's clearly directed towards the player. Yeah. I'm beginning to think this is message sending to Tree Living. Like, hey, I yeah. need some help over here. These guys just aren't cutting it at the mm. moment. And there are players who are are playing to their expectation. And if you look at Austin Matthews, probably above his expectation. Nylander right. at certain points above his expectation. But everybody else is is way below par. I mean, we'll get to the secondary scoring. And maybe the Toronto Maple Leafs should look at that as a priority at the deadline rather than defense. Because mm. what was their biggest issue in the playoffs last year? Secondary scoring. It was scoring, right? Yeah. And they're trending in that direction. But now, compounded on top of that, Pooney. <laughs> defense. Defense. And compounded yeah. on top of that is you're not sure what's going on with your goaltending. So uh, Samsonov did look good last I'm uh, saying he looked better. He looked good he on looked Monday better, night. But he looked we good. still need a longer stretch yeah. with Samsonov. We still need to see what Wall has, yada, 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 yada. And if you're Sheldon Keefe, like, there's only so much you can work with. Let's be completely honest. There's I mean, only so much you can work with. Is 
does should he uh should he take some of the blame for Absolutely. what's going on with Tron Maple Leafs? I think he should. But this is uh this is different from Keith. We're not used to this. We're used to him calling out the players and then yeah. walking it back. Mm-hmm. Almost coddling. Positive reinforcement is probably the word I want to use. So that's what we're used to from Keith. This is different. And I feel like if this started maybe two, three seasons ago, maybe we'd see a change in a different direction. Maybe. But I also believe that all of this, mm-hmm. everything that he's saying, calling out players, benching certain players, benching the power play, David yeah. Camp, scratching Ryan Reeves, all this nonsense that's going on, is really falling on deaf ears. Because after he he just called a professional hockey team in the NHL, Pee-wee, <laughs> against the Stars tonight at home, if these guys don't come out of the gate with firecrackers in their jock, out of the gate, ready to kill, ready to win, then he's got to go. Because that means we don't even listen to this guy anymore, forget this guy, I don't even know what he's talking about. I bet you if you polled players, 60 to 70% of players would have hated to hear that from their coach. Of course, who would want to? But then it's up to the players now to respond to that. I agree. Right? Think but about how it. many times have they been in the situation this season where we were expecting response and there was no response? That's absolutely true. Not just the makeup of the players in the locker room. That's not. There's only so much Sheldon Keefe can do. Sheldon Keith can't go in there and grab guys by the neck and like smack them across the face and, <laughs> and get going. They can't. He can't do that. That doesn't happen. He can't do it, right? So what he has to do is, if it's calling out his players via the media, testing their, you know, their 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 skill, their their manhood or whatever you want to say, um, it's time for them to respond. And I expect there to be a response. I hope there is a response, but. Um, Sheldon Keefe now knows that, look, the writing's on the wall. I see it that I'm probably going to be gone. So, you know what? Let me just last-ditch effort, effort and just burn everything Maybe. up. We'll burn see. it to the ground? Burn it to a the ground. Seth Rollins? Yeah. What's his name? Seth Rollins? I was going to say Seth Rogans. No, that's the... Burn mi- it down, Seth Rollins! You got two guys mixed up. <laughs> um, yeah, listen, Keefe definitely deserves some of the blame. When you look at TJ Brody, he's definitely playing way too many minutes. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't been good all season, but there's no punishment. There's no like, hey, you're, you're seeing the bench. Hey, you're being dropped to the third pairing. It's none of that. It's just the yep. status quo as it keeps going forward. And maybe that's because they have no one else to fill those shoes. Absolutely. That's also a reason. But a lot to break down, a lot to talk about. Okay, enough about Sheldon Keith. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about the guy you just kind of sewered, John Tavares. Maybe he's back, Justin Poon. Homestand Leafs is powered by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book featuring custom same-game parlays and prop bets you won't find anywhere else. So why bet with one of those American companies that don't know anything about your teams, players, or games that matter to you? Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book. Bet local. John Tavares, the captain of the Toronto Maple mm. Leafs, Justin Pooney, could possibly be back. He looked a lot better. He did. After the rest, after the All-Star break, uh, he apparently took his gear on vacation. That's dedication right there. Justin Pooney. I mean, do you do you have that type of dedication? Do you take a microphone with you on vacation? Well, yeah. The microphone's like this big, so I can take it anywhere with me. That's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, Johnny Tavares. Listen, he looked good. Goal and assist. Six he shots did. on goal. Mm-hmm. 12 shot attempts. Nylander, by the way, had 12 shots. Struggled in the face-off well. circle, though. He did. But two of those face-off wins he had did lead to goals. But so. listen, he looked better. He looked more engaged. He, he, he literally just looked like he had more jump. He did. Now, look, uh, maybe it's because he was playing against the Islanders. It was his first game back. But <sighs> do we expect this to continue? Do we expect this John Tavares to show up on a night-to-night basis? I don't think so. God, I hope so. I, for Leaf fans, I would certainly hope so. But I don't see it whatsoever. John Tavares is now at that age where I just don't think he has the same juice he can give every single night. 
right? He's what? I believe he is. How old is John Tavares? 33. 33, right? So he's getting up there in age where now he just doesn't have the jump or the legs per se um, to go through the complete grind of a season to have his peak apex game every single night right now for Leaf fans can you hope that he can get 80% of that or you know 85% of that on a night to night basis I would hope so but look it's a positive sign yes but I need to see more from John Tavares I need to see this type of game consistently because too many times this year Albert we've seen this guy go up down up down become invisible how many times have I said on this podcast that John Tavares just looks invisible that you just don't notice him out there and you're paying him 11 million dollars last night you noticed him a whole lot we have to get away we have to get away but from the 11 million dollars you, you can't though you I understand it's a that. part of the it's a part of the argument everyone harps on it and we've harped on it as well he didn't pay himself the guy did not pay himself. I understand. You got to stop hanging that over his head. I'm not right, but if you look at it, right, the last two games, this game against the Islanders, he had two points, scored against Winnipeg, but then the three games previous, nothing. Yeah, the, the nine game, huge, the nine you know, game goal in the streak. streak. I know, right? So you can't have. I know you don't want to mention the money, but Albert, that is a reason why we have to bring this up because that 11 million dollar cap hit hampers the Toronto Maple Leafs to no end, right? I said it when he first signed, and I will say it again. The Leafs would have won a Stanley Cup now had they never signed John Tavares. I don't know about that. They would, or they would at least. Lot, there's a would, lot that goes into they that. They would have had a lot more playoff success if they never signed. Well, John maybe Tavares. they would have gave that 11 million dollars to somebody else. I don't know. When I when you look back at it now, right? Had they kept Kadri, who was you know did sat the cup that did sat who went on to win the cup with Colorado, but of course you know got suspended a few times in the playoffs. But they could have allocated that money to help out so many different areas of this team. They would have been much better. But but are you convinced that this? This management and this front office would make those right decisions? I don't think so. The tree living the, management or the Dubas the, management? The Dubas and Shanahan. There's no way because they haven't done it up until this point anyway. I know. So but it's not Tavares. It would have been somebody else. I I don't know. I think I that get what you're trying to say. You get, but maybe like, they would have used those funds better and spread them out. Because but they haven't done that, Toronto, and they're continuing not wanted, to do that now. I get it, right? I just feel that when you look at his age, his contract, it all includes it. Right, and I you you no, it's worth the mention. Well. I know you're right. Right, it's worth it, just, the it doesn't work out. So. Um, okay, so one thing I, I just noticed, just the shot attempts. He had 12, and throughout the season, he's done that a few times. He did it against Anaheim, Pittsburgh, and Chicago. And usually, when he's that active, he's scoring goals. He scored goals in all those games. So long may continue. I think once you get to a certain age as a hockey player, the first thing to go is usually your legs. Mm-hmm. He looks a lot slower, but mm-hmm. I'm telling you, against uh, the Islanders, he looked like he had a bit more pop. What I want to see from him, I think is more goals on the power play. He's only got six. The power play hasn't been great this year. Guy Boucher, I think, needs some criticism and it really needs to get better. He's only mm-hmm. got six goals. He's usually like the 10, 11, 12 mark in and around Austin Matthews, and it's not there. He's, projected, it's to get, he's projected to get 10 this season. Power I know, goals. but it's just it, it's, he's not really clicking on the power play, and mm-hmm. I mentioned before he's one of the guys who creates havoc in front of that screens and if the puck's not coming on the net he moves from that spot and then he's getting nothing and that's usually what happens he got dummied by Clutterbuck at the end of the game too. he did hey he tried to stand up for himself no, he so. did he threw a slash at- what do you expect him to do dude what do you want John Tavares show to do? some fight bro jump in there spear him do something spear him. like yeah. edge bro I just, would love to see that just, I'm gonna like, get onto a guy later on in the show where he 
he epitomizes that. Simon Benoit? Simon Benoit. Oh, yeah, actually. Simon Not Benoit. his brother Simon, no. Simon Benoit. <laughs> but you're right. You, you see those, those little scrums, and you want a bit more. You want Matthews to do a bit more instead of skate around the scrum and pick up hockey sticks. You saw, okay, you saw it in Vancouver too. Tyler Myers almost decapitated him, right? No, that's true. And you saw it again with Clutterbuck. You need, he's the captain of the that's team. That's never been him. It's never been him. But just, I'm not asking for you to go full Doug Gilmore, Wendell Clark, or whoever. You don't even right? have to do that. Just something, just something small. Like, just just grab, just put him in a headlock. It doesn't have to be a hard headlock. Right. Just show the effort, right? Yeah. Just show some effort. Um, you see it from Stamkos and Kucherov. I get what you're saying. You yeah. want to see that. Like, those guys aren't going to beat anybody up. No. More We've seen it from McDavid. Not, but... We've seen it from McKinnon. Yeah. We've seen it from Crosby. We've seen it from Giroux. We've seen it from all these guys that are in the same same group as him, yeah, right? We saw point. it from Taves. We saw it from, like, you need just something, something where guys can rally around as the captain. And just, it's not been there with John Tavares the last couple of, uh, this year more specifically, because I won't say he hasn't been productive. He's been very productive with the Toronto Maple Leafs. But everything else, the intangibles, the leadership hasn't been there. And that counts, right? That counts a lot with a guy who plays such a prominent role for, you know, the what people want to say here, the center of the hockey universe. It is. You know it is. After this uh, weekend, Justin Pooney, you were involved. You're at the club's bottle service. Uh, the, hey, look, the Canucks are getting a whole Saying lot of love right to, uh, now. Who did you, you meet? Aquilini. I'm not going to say who I met. Uh, you met a few guys. See, you're, few you're in the mix, dude. You're in the mix. Okay, let's get to my favorite subject here. Secondary scoring and the issue with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, my God. Here we go once again. Dude, if it's not the four or the five scoring, no one else is scoring, and that's no. exactly what happened against the Islanders. So let me drop some stats on you. I'll drop it. Our boy, Tyler Bertuzzi. Um, one goal <laughs> in 28 games. Top six? How is he still a top six forward? This is what I mean by Keefe deserves some of the blame. Mm -hmm. These guys aren't producing on the top lines, and there's no repercussion. There, I mean, there was at one point, I think he moved into the third line, but that was basically for a period or so. Uh, he did look better against the Islanders. Three shots on goal, mm -hmm. four shot attempts, two hits. Like, he may be a bit snake-bitten, but, I mean, for one goal in 28 games, that's longer than being snake-bitten. true. Matthew Nyes, who I thought looked better, but still one goal in 20 games. Listen, I've mentioned this before. In college, he wasn't this huge, you know, 30-40 goal scorer. That mm -hmm. wasn't his game. But, with that said, you're in the National Hockey League. You're playing with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. you got to produce... There's yep. got to be goals coming from somewhere. He's got to do more than what he's doing right now. Max Domi, one goal in 18 games. That's three goals from these guys in a long period of time. And if you calculate Gregor, Kampf, Holmberg, McCam, and Reeves, and I know those guys aren't going to be scoring tons of goals, they only account for 15 goals. There is nothing outside of the four and the five, and the five being Morgan Riley. Mm -hmm. This is a massive issue, Justin Pooney. Do you think, heading into the deadline, if the Leafs decide to be buyers – and bring in some pieces that maybe depth scoring should be the priority over defense? Uh, I would still, that's a very good question. Stump me, actually. Um, I would prioritize defense still because I think defense matters the most in the playoffs. They say defense wins championships. Um, and I just think, like, look, in the playoffs, you're going to have to be led by your big guys anyway, right? We saw in the Florida series what happened Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander, they all stopped scoring. Right, um, uh, yeah, fair. I believe that this season showed that the moves Bradtree Living did to bring in secondary scoring failed. Right, Domi's done nothing, Bertuzzi's done nothing. We haven't really seen 
improvement or a jump from Matthew Nice. Um, he's been good at points. Again, we'll get cut him a little bit of slack. But then again, Albert, you look at like last night for uh, sorry Monday night. I don't know why he was saying last night, but Monday night. Marner, Tavares, Matthews, and Nylander all found the score sheet. Nobody else, right? That's exactly That's what I'm saying. Not going to win you any games in the regular season. You're going to need guys to step up when it matters the most. And the, I'm just looking at their, like the, the stats for the season, right? So you have a guy in Morgan Riley with 41 points, and then you have John Tavares at 37, and there's a 13-point dip right down to Max Domi with only 24, Bertuzzi with 20, Yarn Crow with 19, and that's not good enough. That's not going to cut it whatsoever, right? You need If you are going to be a true contending team, a true playoff team, you need to have at least five, six guys with touching 50 points, right, in this NHL, right? If you want to be with the elite of the elite, you have to have balanced scoring on at least three of your lines, right? And with your fourth line, you have to have guys that are willing to, you know, and take over offensive zone time and at least chip in here and there. Um, you got to have scoring from your defense, which we know they have no scoring from their defense because behind Morgan Riley is Jake McCabe with 17 points. Yeah, they're basically it's, middle of the pack. Exactly. It's Morgan Riley who carries the load, who's on who's got 41 points of 48 games, right? Probably going to have another 70, 65 to 70 point season, right? And after that, it falls off a cliff. The Toronto Maple Leafs need another defenseman who can produce points, not at the same clip as Morgan Riley, but a guy who can put like ease. Klingberg? <laughs> we saw how that turned out, but I'm saying a younger guy, right? Um, and again, I'm going to bring the Canucks up into this because you look at Quinn Hughes the years before. He was carrying the scoring load for the Vancouver Canucks in the defense court. What happens? You bring in a guy in Philip Hironik who at one point was tied with Hughes for the scoring lead for defense. And, but again, Hironik is a guy that came in. I, I don't know where he's going to be projected to point out this year right at the top of my head right now as I pull it up. But when I look at a guy like Philip Hironik, he's got 36 points this year, right? He's projected to get 60 points on the season. The, you look at defensemen across the NHL, you need to have more balanced scoring on your defense as well. You can't have one guy that leads everything and it drops off. That's just not how it works. Um, and I think that's the problem with the Leafs. I think if they had another defenseman that could push the play a little bit more, push the puck up a little bit more, could jump up in the rush, could, you know, create help create odd man rushes and stuff like that, that will help with the secondary scoring with forwards. That will help with the secondary scoring with the defense. That is what I think the biggest need is for the Toronto Maple Leafs, Albert. And you're not going to get that here, but you need another, not elite, but very good offensive defenseman who can skate and push the puck up and be, you know, they're not afraid to jump up in the rush. Yeah, but unfortunately, they're not getting that no. at the trade deadline. And the, the those players don't exist. Like, if you're looking no. at the, off the top of my head, the free agent market heading into next season, Brandon Montour might highlight he's, the defenseman. He's good. But he's not what you're talking about. But he's an improvement on what they have right now, though. But he's he going to cost a whole lot of money as well. Okay, so points from defensemen. This is according to StatMuse. At the top of the list is Colorado. They're getting 158 points from mm -hmm. the defenseman. The Canucks, 140. The Leafs right now are at 100, which I thought would be a lot less. But still, I mean, you're, you're 40 points off of Vancouver. You're 58 points off of Colorado. Massive difference there. Um, and the, deep, the the Leafs need some depth scoring, not only from their bottom six, but yeah, you're right, from the defenseman as well. And this brings me onto one thing that mm -hmm. I didn't think I was going to have time to talk about, but Timothy Lilgren, um, and I feel like I'm picking on him, but <laughs> he's played 31 games this season. Obviously, he had a, an injury when he when he uh, was kind of tripped into the boards or can opened into yep. the boards by Brad Marchand. He played 31 games, two goals, seven assists, and just nine points. He's a third-pairing guy, and I was thinking about other third-pairing guys in the NHL, and I always go back to Vegas because mm -hmm. I, I love their decor. 
But they're two, they're bottom two guys, one of them being Zach Whitecloud. Similar in terms of offensive production, where you're not getting much from him. And if you're a third-pairing guy, that's fine. But what else can you bring to the table? Mm-hmm. A guy like White Cloud and other third-pairing defensemen who play for really good teams, Stanley Cup contending teams, what they bring to the table outside of scoring is physicality, intimidation, shutdown, PK, all of those things. If Lilligren isn't producing offensively, he's not doing any of those things. And so this probably emphasizes my point of you really need to strengthen the back end, um, but you still need that that depth scoring. There, there's they got to balance so many things in such a short amount of time from now into the trade deadline where now as I'm just speaking this out and, and working this out out loud, it's almost, I think, beneficial for them to not do anything at all. Again, we talked Because with, there's yeah. so many things to do. Like you're talking about like they really need another solid point getter from the point. Mm-hmm. They need a couple of scores in the bottom six. They need a couple of shutdown guys on the back end. They need to figure out their goaltending there is so much here. They need to figure out what they're going to do with Mitch Marner, where in this short amount of time, I don't know if there's one or two moves that you can make that's going to change much. Honestly, I think you need right? to... I mean, what's the biggest change from right now into the trade deadline? The biggest change you can make is probably getting rid of Sheldon Keefe. Outside of that, I don't think anything else is going to make an impact. You can. Who are you going to... Adam Henrique? That's going to make an impact. Anthony Duclair? Chris Tanev? These aren't big impacts. I mean, if you get Noah Hannafin and... the Get him to agree to sign. Okay, maybe that's an impactful move. But outside of that, it's it's either getting rid of the coach or don't do anything at all. Look, Albert, I'm looking at right now their lineups right now. I would say going into next season, you need another third-line center, right? A true third-line center. You need another top six winger. That's just the Fords. You need... To be fair, you might need another second-line center if Tavares is production. You might need, yeah, you might need to bring in a second-line center, right. drop Tavares down to th- the third line. Um, you need another guy who can carry the second pairing. Simone Benoit and Jake McCabe right now is not a second pairing in the NHL. That's not a second-line pairing in the NHL. That, to me, is more of like a, a 5, 6, 7, 8 pairing in the NHL. Uh, Mark Giordano, you cannot bring him back. Timothy, you need to reshape. Basically, the whole defense core needs to be reshaped. Right, you could keep McCabe on the, as a second pairing or a third pairing defenseman, but you couldn't keep Riley. The rest of it, you need at least four new NHL defensemen. That's right, a that's a lot, and then you still have the goaltending situation. Yeah, it is a massive, massive. I think the last couple of years you get so bogged with just the, the elite superstars at the top of the lineup, but you forget the, all the stuff below. And well, that's what that's what the Shannon plan is finally. About. But Albert, it's top fi- heavy this year. It's finally showcasing just how. Bad it is. The Leafs are that meme, right? That yeah. meme we see on Twitter where it's the drawing of the horse and the front of the horse is just beautiful. It's the back of the horse, I think. Is it the back? The back. No, yeah. no, no. It's the front. I appreciate it's the back of the horse. Okay, I'm flipping yeah. it. The front of the horse. It's this beautiful <laughs> drawing that's yeah. done with pencil and the back is just stick legs. That's the Toronto Maple Leafs right now, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay, we're going long in this block. Uh, let's break. I want to come back and talk about Scotiabank, uh, which is pretty much a church these days. And the Toronto Maple Leafs home record is actually brutal. It's much worse than last season. And we'll get to what to watch for between the Dallas Stars and the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight in Toronto. Yes, Scotiabank Arena is turning into a church. Is it turning into a church or has it always been a church? It's always been one. And I'm talking about because it's been so quiet. I mean, the, the crowd was dead against the Islanders. It's a Dude, it's a real issue. It is. In the playoffs, a bit better, but even still, like, can you improve it? Like, is there a way to improve that? And can you blame the fans? Like, you, I know I went in on the fans a couple weeks yeah. ago because I 
the I thought they prices. should have backed Samsonov a bit more yeah. when he had that crazy game. Um, um, but I don't blame them based on you know how we just described this team and what they are. We talked about the, a couple of, was it last week where they just priced the fans out, man. Like again, priced the real fans out. The Actually, real not fr- even the real fans. Priced the defense. when you go to when you go to a Leafs game, right? When you go to even a Raptors game now. Right, and the Raptors are horrible this year. They're, they're they suck. And prior to that, Raptors have had some. some they're, of the best yeah, they're one in of the, the one of the best. Exactly, the Raptors crowd was noticed as one of the best in the league, and all of that. The Leaf fans, their perception across the NHL, at least in Canada, is it's a strictly corporate crowd, right? Where people are there to schmooze, to network, to it's just kind of there in the background, the game. Yeah. Um, they're too cool for school. They're they don't want to. You know, wrinkle their suits. They don't want to spill beer on the Italian silk or their leather jackets and stuff like that. Italian silk or leather jackets. I don't know, man. Whatever. Um, It's just, it's not, it's more of an event to say, oh, I went to the game. Not to go there and cheer for the team. That's not what it is anymore. And I think it's going to be, we're not in all, we're not in any other sports market, so I can't really speak on it. But when you go to the garden for a Knicks game, right, that crowd's pretty electric. Right when you go when you see, um, you know the Rangers play in MSG, or when you go to the Garden in Boston, or when you go to hell even Vegas, the Vegas, Dallas. Right? You see the crowd in Vegas last night yeah. for all the Oilers. Well, uh, I mean they were geared Golden up Knights, pretty good, right? right? There's a lot going on in Vegas um, right now. So I think social media is a big thing to do with this. People just want to go there to say, "Oh, I was there." They don't you actually. So? Go, you go to a game. How many times are people all just on their phone not watching the game? Yeah, but that happens everywhere. Exactly, but I'm saying, but that's a problem. Right, yeah. and it, when it's an additional court, when you add the corporate crowd on top of that, it's gonna be really, really quiet. Everyone crushing right? sushi. Exactly. Nobody wants to be the guy that stands out of the crowd and starts cheering or whatever. <laughs> it's all about just conversing. We rather, gotta go. We gotta go there. Gotta rather than going for drinks, when you have make that much money, let's go to the Leaf game. Let's spend. You no, know we gotta bucks. do. We gotta take the phones out. Me and you, we're gonna go. We're gonna film ourselves. I'm gonna throw you in an old school Dougie Gilmore jersey, no. and we're gonna go bananas for the Leafs. No. One game. Come on. No. Against, against the Canucks' biggest rivals. Who's the And you say it's the Leafs. It's not the Leafs. I don't, I don't know. I just couldn't do it. Can't do it. How about Leafs-Bruins? I know you hate the Bruins. No. Come Can't on, man. We've got to show the fans. Show us what it's all about. How is it in Vancouver? Uh, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, so it's, it's not good, Toronto. So, in Vancouver, the last whatever, how many years, the team's been horrible, right? But this year, you're seeing the crowd getting back into it, getting well, picked up. there's a real hype there. We're right, talking a, about the, legit yeah, Stanley Cup Yeah, there's a real hype team. now. Exactly. So... Um, but the Leafs it, and their crowd, look, you see it in Montreal. The crowd's electric there every single night. Great. Right? Oh, love the Bell But that, it's I different. That, but that's I why I think the, the Canadians fans of Montreal is different than Toronto because that's all they have in Montreal is the Canadians with respect to the Alouettes and what's their soccer team name the called? Impact? The, the I don't Impact? Think the, I think CF Montreal or CF whatever, Montreal, whatever it's called, right? right? Yeah. That's all they have. That's what They're 21,000 every but single Montreal night. Montreal is a great sports city. They show up for their yeah, teams. That's true. And they're, they're hypercritical. Like, that and is a hot market. The thing with Toronto is they're a bit of a fair-weather crowd, right? If you're doing well, then... They can yeah, be. Same we'll, thing with... We'll honestly, same thing with the Blue Jays. Yeah, exactly. Same thing How with the many Raptors. years for the Jays did, did we see just the Rogers Center empty? It, it's always, And then when they, they got good... For, uh, they were bad for a long time. And then when down the stretch run, it fills up a little bit. But then yeah. most of the season, it's pretty much empty. Yeah, there, that won't right? happen with, with Toronto. If the team is bad, it's still sold out. Exactly. That's why they can't really exactly. get their get their message across. Okay, just I want to touch on their home record. It's 11-10-2 at the moment, which is mm-hmm. bottom seven yeah. in the NHL. For a team who wants to win the Stanley Cup, that's not great. Mm-hmm. Last season, though, much better at this time, 18-3-4. Their last 10 at home, 3-7. and seven. They have one home win in the last four. I'm trying to figure that's out what the good. problem is. I'm not pointing, blaming the crowd, but why aren't they performing better at home? They have a much better road record than they do home record. That needs to change. 
And right. maybe you've talked about this before. It looks like if they do get into the playoffs, they won't have home ice. No. Probably beneficial based on, uh, based on this record right now. It's, I it's mean, just you, not, it's you not look working. at their, ro- their road record, they're 14, 5, and 6. So, I mean, they have. There's a, there's a, they've lost they six times. better on the road. They've lost six times on. So, they're, they're 14 and 11 at home. I'm sorry, away from Rome, and they're 11 and 12, right? It's they're not. It's, it's mediocre on both sides. They're picking up points. They're picking up points, right? Um, and maybe again, it's just the because when teams come to Toronto, they want to you know put on their best effort, right? When you know teams, especially Canadian teams, come to Toronto or any other teams come to Toronto, you know it's a it's a big night for a lot of them. There's a lot of Ontario-born players there. You know the spotlight's going to be on you, so you want to put out your best shot. But it's up to the Leafs, and they just haven't performed well at home for whatever reason. Maybe it's because they think that they're at home, they're going to take advantage of it, they play a little bit more lackadaisical, rather, rather uh, that the But their record the at this time last year was so much better. This te- The team was better last year, too. Right? The team was better last year, too. They were? They were. I guess Samsonov was better last year. So I mean, there's a whole lot of variables to play around with. Yeah, I mean, you got to figure that out because it's if you're if you're playing with that type of home record down the stretch, mm-hmm. like forget playoffs. Like I'm talking about making the playoffs. They're, and they're, this conversation is going to ramp up. Like if they lose tonight to mm-hmm. the Stars, I wonder if something happens after the game. I don't think so. I wonder. I don't think so. No. Um, but I do think that look, you are what your record states you are. And the relief. Bill right Parcells. Now, yes. Yes. Does that what Bill Parcells? Did Bill Parcells yes, say that? Did. Okay. Come on, he's an NFL guy. Shout out to the Big Tuna. Shout out to the Big Tuna. Big Tuna. Um, what am I you are what saying? your record says you are, and the Leafs are a mediocre hockey team right now. You are what you say That's you are. That's what it is. A mediocre team in the NHL. Okay, let's get to what to watch for. What to watch Between for. the Dallas Stars and the Toronto Maple Leafs. I have a few things for this. Okay. Uh, starting with Dallas, I think one thing to look out for, they love getting bodies in front of the net mm-hmm. uh, and setting screens. And for some reason, that... That affects the Toronto Maple Leafs. They've had issues with that against Winnipeg, against Seattle, Vancouver, Calgary. Remember in Edmonton when McLeod, mm-hmm. I think, scored the game winner and McDavid just bodied Morgan Riley in front of the net. It's true. So I would expect a lot of that from Dallas tonight. And their second goal last night came off a screen. Sam Steele jammed it in. It wasn't the greatest game from Dallas, but they can get it done. They have scoring throughout every single line. And watch out for P- uh, Pavelski and Hints, two guys who really love getting in front of the net. And for Toronto, it's as simple as this. Response. I said it earlier <laughs> in the show. Come up with firecrackers in your pants. Go bananas. Your coach called you peewee. He only said you're good 50% of the time, and we're at, what, 48 games in the season? It's true. Come on. It, there has to be some sort of response here. And you're getting the backup goalie tonight on a back-to-back. You're excellent against the Dallas Stars. You won the last five against Dallas. This needs to be a huge response and bounce-back game from Toronto. If it's not, it's going to be tough against Dallas, and they might cause you issues. But for both teams, that's what I'm looking at, Justin Pooney. Uh, I'm worried about the Toronto Maple Leafs' defense because the Dallas Stars are the third-highest-scoring team in the NHL. Uh, they average 3.6 goals per – almost 3.7 goals per game, um, just behind the Vancouver Canucks and the Colorado Avalanche. Um, you know, this team is a, guy, a team that has a lot of skill on them. I'm interested to see how Jason Robertson performs this year. Only think 16 goals, which is a little bit off pace from what I expected from him this past after the season he had last We're year. Paul Korea against Steve Korea. Yeah, Paul versus Steve Korea tonight. Sergey versus Feder Fedorov tonight. We're gonna get that. Chris versus Sean Pronger tonight. Nice. Uh, wait, wait, to sell the game. It's a middle of the pack power play that the Stars have. So the Leafs penalty kill, which featured William Nylander and Austin Matthews a lot right, yeah. on Monday night, might be getting a little bit more testy. Um, that's the thing. How does that defense core hold up against one of the best scoring teams? And like you mentioned. The, the bounce back performance and how do the big guys react to 
uh, facing a backup goalie. If I am them, I'm peppering Scott Wedgwood from all angles of the ice. Shoot as much as you can. I would not be surprised if the Leafs put up 40 shots tonight because they have a backup goalie. It's the second night of a back-to-back. You know there's going to be tired legs with the Stars later on in the game. Um, I believe the Leafs need to have a complete 60-minute performance if they want to yeah. win. Um, and that's a, you know, a tall task, especially against the Dallas team, even though they're on the second half of a back-to-back. All right, I like it. All right, let's get to it. It's time for Burton Pooney's Bankroll Booster, powered by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book. Bet local. Justin Pooney, uh, we got to start boosting these bankrolls because yeah. we're on a bit of a rut. We, we need to change that tonight. Just a couple games going down in the NHL. What do you like? Tonight, of course, stars in stars in Toronto, excuse me. The stars on the ice and the Dallas Stars are going to be in Toronto. Uh, I think the Toronto Maple Leafs bounce back. Uh, they take the Leafs money line. It's going to be a close game tonight. Again, the Stars are leading the Central Division. They're in a dogfight with the Avs and the Jets for that Central Division title. I believe the Leafs do win tonight. I'm taking it. It's going to be about a 4-3 game, I think. Something along those lines. Maybe an empty net goal. Maybe a 5-3 game. So to also take the over uh, between the Stars and the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. All right. I'm staying away from Leafs games because I can't pick winners or props <laughs> in any of those Leafs games. So I'm going Minnesota puck line. Minnesota. Dude, plus 120 on the yeah. puck line against the worst team in the NHL in the Chicago Blackhawks. I mean, they rank in the bottom. In almost every category mm-hmm. across the NHL. And plus, the injuries are just racking up. Connor Berdard, Anthony Beauvillier, injuries to Tyler Johnson and Taylor Hall. Peter Mrazek's been in net, who's been a positive for mm-hmm. Chicago. But I think this is too much of a jump in many. They've won their past 10 against the Blackhawks. So, give me Minnesota on the puck line, plus 120. Okay. And that's been Burton Pooney's Bankroll Booster, powered by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book. Bet local. That's it from us here at Homestand Leafs. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget, we drop new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can find us anywhere you download your podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Five stars, please. That will make Justin a very happy man. Also, if you want to send in a question, either through an email or voice message, send them to Leafs at homestandsports.com. We'll read your questions, concerns, or insults on our Friday episodes. The email, again, is leafs at homestandsports.com. For Justin Pooney, I'm Albert Vartanian, and this has been Homestand Leafs.